0: Hey Podcast Junkies, thank you for taking the time to listen to another episode of Unplugged. This is our fourth episode, fourth installment of the series, and we're super excited to continue bringing this podcast to you. Thank you for anybody who has reached out to us and provided some feedback on the episodes. I always look forward to feedback because it spurs new ideas. And that's what I'm giving you this week is a new idea. And when I sign off here, we're going to talk to Tanner Greer, who's going to bring some realities to the light that you might not have realized about your electricity providers and really the energy industry as a whole in America.
1: cyber, uh, you know, cyber attacks are something that is uh, very paramount in everyone's mind. You see it on the news every day.
0: I probably should have jumped in and said that's what we're talking about is cyber attacks. And really what we're going to talk about in a large scale is the concept of cyber terrorism and how it affects the energy industry as a whole. And Tanner, okay, I've already had, or always had, I should say, a preconceived notion that hackers are these dudes sitting in their basement They just have nothing better to do than to hack all these corporations. That stereotype is definitely not true. They're not always going for the bigger companies. They're going for regional companies, smaller companies, even the mom-and-pop businesses down the street. They really know no boundaries for who they go
1: after. And can you kind of explain who these people are? Who are these actors? Tell us about them. Sure. I mean, there are some folks like that uh, that are just sitting there, kind of nothing better to do. Um, But a lot of it, I mean, it's because they have skills in these areas you know they they have skills in in, you know IT related areas and they feel like this is the way that they use them Uh, a lot of times it's to feel power uh, over uh, someone or some corporation uh, knowing that they can do something that the person can't stop or you know can't react to but a lot of times there's also uh, larger groups so you can have organized groups of hackers Um, you can have there's Plenty of groups out there that um, you know they organize together and they work on things or projects together. Uh, you can have state-sponsored uh, hacking, uh, um, whether that's from you know countries abroad, countries that don't see eye to eye with each other, so they uh, you know try to hack into each other's uh, computer systems, things like that. Um, but I mean, it it's not always uh, it's not always like one thing. Like the stereotype doesn't fit. It could be anyone. Uh, necessarily and you're right they don't always uh, shoot for the biggest you know a lot of the times you see that in the news i mean you've seen the home depots you've seen the targets you've seen uh, these other places that have uh, been compromised and you think okay well they're only going for larger companies Uh, but in reality there's not necessarily rhyme or reason it could be a larger company could be a smaller regional company could be someone personally Uh, You know, people are trying to scam people um, every day. Uh, And whether that's controlling a company's computer system or if that's just controlling the PC that you have at your house, uh, any of those things are are something that they're wanting to do. And I think
0: the scariest thing about it for me personally is somebody who doesn't, um, you know, I'm not fluent in information technology or, or computer information systems or any of the stuff that happens on the back end of that. But something that is scary to me is like how much of our lives is being taken over by technology and that's not a bad thing because with technology comes innovation with technology comes um, better ways of doing things to automate. But I don't think the average person knows what technology can do. I mean, and you know that, I mean, does it scare you at all to be in that mindset?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I think the big thing that scares me is the privacy aspect. Um, you know, we've put out so much of our lives in a different technology, and that doesn't always just have to mean social media. You know, we post a lot of things on Facebooks and Instagrams and things like that, and that's part of it. But there's a lot of information about us in a lot of different apps. A lot of different companies have information about us. Um, if I took a look at your Amazon, um, you know. The order list you have for the last year, I can find out a lot about you. Uh, uh just don't tell my wife that. <laughs> I don't want to check out the Amazon list. <laughs> yeah, but I mean she sees can, that on the credit card bill enough. You can tell enough. a lot about us, someone uh, based on that. You can tell like what kind of foods they like, you know, what kind of um, brands that they they use or they don't use. Uh, where what stores do they shop at? When when do they shop? So there's a lot of data out there about us. Uh, our phones are collecting data. Um, through different apps um, you, you saw and there's even apps that are their only purposes to collect data if you remember uh, about a year ago there was a what do I look like when I'm old Uh, Oh, that was a pop swept social media. Yeah, exactly. It was huge. And everyone does that. Well, um, you know, they found out later on that they were just collecting photos of people. And that was it. That was the whole goal.
0: It wasn't that like uh, some sort of. I mean, I I only read up a little bit on it. It was some sort of like Russian conspiracy. It had a weird twist to it. It didn't necessarily make a lot of sense
1: at the time. It was. I I think it originated um, uh, in that area. I know it originated from out of country. uh, But yeah, it was sole goal is to get photos of people, collect photos. I forgot how many, I, th- I can't remember how many million photos they got, Not even been in the billions. Uh, but they got all these photos of people, now what are they gonna do with that? You know, we don't know. But data that you share out there um, can make you vulnerable. You know, there's a, a, with enough data you can impersonate someone. You know, you can make another company think that I'm that person. Um, it could be something as simple as security questions that are guessed uh you know your security question might be um you know what uh what street you grew up on you know uh, or something like that something i can figure out uh, from your information that's out there whether you posted it on facebook a photo you know how oh, this is where i grew up and that's enough to uh, i can you know try to try to get that information
0: and in, in speaking of technology you know, some industries are really running away with this technology and using it in every aspect of what they do, and it's really allowing them to innovate. Uh, they're really setting themselves apart from other industries. And one industry I see that in is ours. You know, the electric industry, there are so many ways to automate things now that probably in the 70s or 80s, they had no clue were coming. I mean, you know, at the same time, it kind of makes companies vulnerable. I mean, spe- like the electric industry in general, like what what are the threats to the electric industry?
1: Yeah, um, there's an immense amount of threat to the electric industry, um, especially utilities. Uh, You know, it could be something as simple as um, just causing havoc. Uh, You know, can I try to turn off a part of the electric system? Can I have a substation, you know, be turned off Um, or something like that? Uh, You know, it can be organized, you know, as a nation state might want to do. Uh, you know we think of ourselves as an entity by ourselves, but you know if a country that doesn't necessarily care for us, you know, if they want to have a big impact, um, then a, you know, a huge impact would be to turn off several you know several uh, energy utilities power systems um, you just create havoc. Uh, I think the big thing around uh, utilities are there's really two you know kind of two different paths people would go. They want to try to turn off power. Or they want to try to steal information. Um, so uh, power is more about a havoc thing. It's um, you know showing that you have control, um, and then information is obviously information. And that's another big thing that I didn't really mention earlier is a lot of times people are stealing information now for money. Um, you know information is king. Uh, these you know these companies that we give information to. Um, I think it's uh, Tim Cook that, that said that uh, if you don't pay for the product, you are the product. Mm. And uh, so, if you don't pay for Facebook, then what are they getting in return for you putting their information there? They're getting your information. Um, so, um, having getting that information is critical. They can sell that. You know, it could be um, individual records that they want to try to sell for. Um, you know, someone to impersonate someone, someone to steal someone's identity. Um, you see that. You also, like I said, you see um, people just trying to create havoc, just lose consumer trust, lose. Um, you know people's faith in you know institutions that they've known, the power company being one of those.
0: So really, what we're talking about right now is, is almost like a new class of warfare in a lot of ways. I mean, it's uh, it's not conventional; it's not how we've thought of warfare in the past. But these nations getting out there and using hacking groups, and, I, and I'd imagine you know um, hiring a lot of these people to work in government settings, it, it is like a new class of warfare. I mean. Am yeah. I wrong on that?
1: No, absolutely. I mean, uh, many of the wars recently uh, that people fought between each other, they've not necessarily consisted all of some sort of cyber warfare, uh, but there have definitely been parts of that in each one. Uh, people trying to hack others' radar equipment or trying to, um, you know, like I said, cause havoc in particular, um, you know, facilities. Like if you remember from a few years ago, Stuxnet. Um, that was a virus that was. Uh, put inside Iranian facilities um, that ended up, you know, causing havoc and wrecking some of their centrifuges, uh, and so that you know, in that case, it was to destroy a particular thing. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it's it's always going to be anything that we go from now on, any conflicts that we see around the world. I mean, there's going to be some sort of cyber aspect to it.
0: Do you think the utility industry as a whole, uh, in in your opinion, is ready for an attack? I mean,
1: yeah, I think. People are preparing. Uh, I don't think anyone in the utility space, with us or any other utility, um, is not aware of the threat, um, the threat that's out there. So everyone is taking steps to try to harden their systems, uh, whether that's power systems, uh, that could be data um, that they are trusted with. Um, everyone is taking steps. Um, some people are in different parts of you know that that timeline, I guess you would say, and no one's ever, you know, no one's ever there. Um, We always talk about it um, internally that we're never to the end of our cybersecurity project. There's always something to do. There's always another uh, thing that just has been released or that someone's just trying to compromise and that we have to prepare for. Um, We don't ever get to finish this. It's not something that we can check off a list. Uh, It's something that we are continually doing and we will be doing um, from now and and, forever.
0: Something you said there that really stuck with me was actually in the beginning, and it's a really benign thing that you said, but you said preparing. You didn't say prepared, you said preparing. I mean, does that kind of lend credit to the fact that this is a constantly evolving thing that, I mean, I kind of like liken it to, um, I know right now one of the big world topics is coronavirus sure. um, and how viruses and bacteria, I know, mutate and they change, but it's kind of the same way with cybersecurity you think you got one thing down, but then there's a new thing the next day.
1: Absolutely. Uh, anytime, you know, we kind of, we have kind of a, a saying around the office where if a human makes uh, some sort of encryption or security measure, then another human can break it. Um, so anytime that a new measure comes up that seems to be impenetrable, it just it's a matter of time. Someone breaks that down, they figure it out, and then someone else has to come up with something that's better. What
0: keeps you up at night about this stuff? As someone
1: who leads
0: uh, an information technology group at a decently sized company, what keeps you up at night?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing for me is just uh, you know we kind of talked about it. Uh, you know, there's two rule paths that people take, and that's either you know grid disruption, at least in the electric industry, or you know data data loss. They try to steal data from you, and so those are the things. I mean, those are always the things uh, that I'm I'm thinking. Okay, are we you know, have we done the right things? What are the things we got to do next? Uh, you know, what are the things we're doing in the next six months How to continually stay up on that threat? Um, so it's not something that necessarily keeps me up at night, but it's just something that drives us. I mean, we have to, every day we come into work, we kind of have this, um, you know, saying that everyone, every member of the cooperative is part of cybersecurity. No one doesn't get to take part in that. A lot of these attacks come from you know, emails, things like that. And a lot of these attacks come from contractors. And both of those things are, are not always in perfectly in control by an IT group. So everyone's got to be on board. Um, the entire company, um, whether that's here at a utility or in general just with regular companies, uh, no one gets to be immune and not have to worry about it. Everyone has to have a little piece and part of it um, and uh, to you know to combat these type of things. And I think
0: it lends credit to the central part of, like, the core structure of an it team how important is it to you to have a strong it team and have a team that works together and is very cohesive especially with all the threats you guys are facing
1: oh it's critical i mean we have to communicate daily uh even in our size utility we're uh you know we're working on so many different things and we have to take security security is a part of everything that we do um, so everything that we put out there, every project that we do, we have to have a security component to it. Um, so we're constantly communicating between each other, uh, letting each other know, making sure that we're building and designing systems uh, that have security in mind uh, ahead of time, and then continuously updating those things so that we, you know, we're we not you know, letting something go.
0: And for the average person like myself, who, like I said earlier, is not as involved, the knowledge behind information technology or computers or the systems that power our internet and networks, I mean, should the average person be worried
1: about this stuff? I mean, I think everyone should have at least uh, some awareness, and I think they should always have, they should have some concern. Uh, you know, just because a person, you know, my personal house, your personal house, just because you're a single person and you don't think you're important, um, you know, every single person has data. Every single person has information. Nobody can completely just write it off in their mind. Um, you have to be careful about how you're browsing the internet. You know what things you're clicking on emails. Um, you know things that you download. Uh, making sure that you're you know you're not inviting someone in that's not welcome.
0: And that, folks, concludes our interview with Director of Information Technology, Tanner Greer. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast, but I also want to take the time to remind you that you can find us on Apple or Spotify if you haven't been listening to us in those places already. Also, when you're on Apple or Spotify, look for that subscribe button. It'll make it way easier to listen to us on a monthly basis. The episodes will come straight to your mobile device or wherever you're listening to us at without having to look for or set a reminder. And until next month, I'm your host, Jacob Puckett.